This is Don't Forget the Small Stuff, and today we're talking about Greece. Uh, oh, I mean, that's cool, baby. You know how it is, rocking, rolling, and whatnot. Jess? That's my name. Don't wear it out. Welcome to Don't Forget the Small Stuff, the podcast that celebrates the overlooked and forgotten little moments in films. I'm Jess, and with me today is Andy. I'm here again. And we brought in a ringer for this episode. Griff's here. Hello. You can find us online at smallstuffcast.com. We are at smallstuffcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can contact us using email at smallstuffcast.com. Our music is by Skeleton King. Find more of Skeleton King's work by following the link in the show notes. Right, chaps. Greece. Well, we were four when Greece was released. Um, what do you remember of it? Do you have any memories of it from when it was first released? No, I don't. Probably have memories from when it was released, but I do have memories of um, my sister, who is nine years older than me, having the Greece vinyl Amazing. soundtrack, which opened up, um, and I think kind of was done like a yearbook. And I think my kind of enjoyment of Greece and knowing the songs comes from the fact that she probably played it over and over yep. and over again. So I don't really remember the film, but I do have uh, memories of the music from the film. Yeah. Well, and it's great music. I mean, on the whole, it's great music, right? Are we are we roughly all in agreement to that? Yeah, I think they all, the songs stand the, the test of time and they're still popular now as ever. Mm. So I think it might be my favourite soundtrack of any film ever mm -hmm. i said it wow wow that's, I mean, that's, that's quite a statement is. without the music this film's nothing it is a musical so <laughs> it would just be a cow it was, yeah. it was in the name <laughs> i don't remember anything about this movie by the way i um well from when it first came out no, no, no god no no my parents listened to 1960s country music mm. until i was about 13 so um i didn't really i don't even know when i became aware of it to be honest and I was then of the age that I thought it was a bit weird as a boy to watch a musical, mm -hmm. so I didn't. I ignored yeah. it, uh, and then I was old enough to realise I was an idiot, and just watched it. And then I, I probably watched it like fifty times since. But I think Greece, a bit like last time I was on the the podcast, The Great Escape. When Greece was on TV, it was kind of like a big event. It's Greece. It's the musical. Yeah. It's that big film from nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. So it was kind of a big thing when it was on the TV, um, and again, probably why we have memories of it and mm -hmm. why we watch it. I can't stop watching it. I've got a problem. Right. <laughs> so I, I watched it a couple of nights ago and then I watched it again maybe yesterday or I, I thought I was just going to watch a little bit of it and then I watched the whole thing again. I can't stop. You do. Have Help a, me. Yeah. So I did, I did watch it last night um, just to refresh myself and I did forget like just how great the, the music is in it. Yeah. You know, you just think, yeah, that's a good track. That's a good song. That's a good song. So my memory of it when it first came out was that okay I'm going to go off on one of my tangents again just if you'll if you'll um, just go with me for a sec it coincided with my family and I my parents and I taking a, a holiday in Crete which is a Greek island so I in my head Crete and Greece the country Greece were one and the same so 
we then obviously must have come back from our holiday in Crete and shortly after Greece was released the movie. <laughs> and so when someone said to me, what had you done this weekend? I told them that I had gone to see the film Crete. <laughs> no, you didn't. Really? Yeah. But I was four. Right. So, you know, in my head, it was there was all, all this sort of cross, like, connections between stuff. Um, but yeah, so I think I had, I think I don't have a memory of actually seeing the film, but I have a memory of that specific little story and also my cousin and I who my cousin was older than me we like in that that summer we did some kind of like show for my parents and her parents and we just did like I think she kind of led the whole thing and did numbers of numbers from Greece and I was her like not very able you probably. yeah was I it did. better than your joke at the start yeah it was better than my American <laughs> accent at the start that's for sure well let's let's dive into the small stuff Right, so we're going to start before the credits. So there is a scene at the beach, which I want to go into a little bit, because I think I overlooked what is what they're trying to show. What is actually happening? This has to be a montage, right? Yeah, it's a montage. Yeah, because so, they're wearing different outfits and different like moments and things. I think, but they they're kind of just wearing different combinations of the oh, same I outfit. See. Okay, they so, probably only had like. Half a day to film the whole sequence. Which is so, what I think's happened. They yeah. said, okay, we need to look like this is happening over months. Yeah. Right? So here's like a jacket, a shirt, and a, a, a dress and something to go over the dress. Mm. You need to swap those up yeah. as many times as you like to make sure this looks like at least three days. Mm-hmm. Because I just assumed before that it was just one day. I was like, is that it? That's their romance? That sucks. They're going to make a whole mi- movie about one day. Well, going back to our recording of um, Bridget Jones, that's the, the hour of the romance mm. that Jess was specifically needing, they're saying is missing from all rom-coms. So, yeah, they had to fit, fit that into the yeah. pre-credit sequence. Yeah, so that's all I want to say on that. I think I was going to sort of back that up a little bit and say um, I don't think I had ever even watched that opening sequence properly mm-hmm. because it's the bit of the film that doesn't matter i mean in the nicest possible way because it's not the singing <laughs> it's not the it's not the jokes it's not the the hijinks and so i'd sort of i'd never paid attention to it until mm-hmm. this time round um and I'm kind of glad that i did because actually it's yeah. quite touching in places the, and it's the, quite sweet the drop when they hit the theme tune at the end of it is mm. is killer really is um that brings us on to the opening credits yeah um folks we've all got something to say about this barry gibb is what i've got to say about it um he wrote the, the theme tune but comes out in 1978 how prolific was barry gibb oh, back in the 70s yeah. you know just off the back of saturday night fever writes the theme tune to greece he's the, the, you know you don't appreciate it, but the guy was prolific yeah, yeah. and it's a great tune not. It's only the beginning. This is the main brain, Vince Fontaine, beginning your day with the only way. Music, music, music. Get out of bed, it's the first day of school. Don't be a slob, don't get a job, go back to class, you can pass. And to start the day off nice and fine, I'm going to play a new old favourite of mine. And again, it's something I never appreciated when I first um, watched it, and probably wasn't for a long time, but... No idea that, like who Frankie Valley was really. No, mm-hmm. you no. know that. Um, 
and his contribution to music. So it's so a little bit weird vocally for Frankie Valli as well. I'm not, by the way, I'm still not sure I, I, I fully understand Frankie Valli and his contribution to music. So he was in, um, I was about to say Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons then. <laughs> yeah, well, that was him, right? That's Frankie Valli in the yeah. Four Seasons. It's the same thing. Yeah. Somebody's asking the hotel chains. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. No, no, but, you know, but the, like the musical Jersey Boys is, okay. um, you know, a hit musical, and that's based around Frankie Valli and, um, like, we're growing up in New Jersey and okay. stuff, and, and and his group. So didn't Joe Pesci discover partly Frankie Valli? No idea. I think that's that's part. It's a good, it's a good story, even if he didn't. Anyway, look it up, folks. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I went to see Jersey Boys, and um, I think Joe Pesci is in it, kind of. Anyway. Well, that's random. Yeah. So I I love the song. It is a bit unusual for it to be a disco song at the beginning of a film made in the 1950s. I think the director didn't like it. Mm. I think they were a bit uncomfortable with the uh, tone and the stylistic content of it. So I think I might be... I might be actually playing your role this episode because I'm going to say something negative. I'm sorry. The credits are way too long. It's, it's a whole so, tune. I yeah, was about to say, I like so it. so boring. What? <laughs> well, it is I'm if you so, don't like the song. No, but I love the song. But I, just, I wanted the film to start. And there was, I don't know, there's just something about that animation at the beginning that doesn't work for me. I was going to say it's my favourite. Oh, God. No, no, I think it might be, if not the, my favourite the second favourite kind of opening credits because it's that or Raging Bull. Okay. Um, you mean it's not... It's that or Christmas Vacation, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> and animation. Yeah, sorry. But on the animation, though... Mm. the So, there's three people it shows. So it starts off with John Travolta mm-hmm. as Danny and then it shows... Uh, Sandy getting out of bed and being all Cinderella. Cinderella. Stephen yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's animals, deer, and birds in her bedroom. And then we get Starcar Channing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I thought was a bit weird. I mean, I guess I didn't know she must have been a big deal back then. Yeah. But what's with whoever drew Stockard Channing mm. in the mirror? I mm. would not. I, mm, I wouldn't stand with that picture. She looks bizarre. She's doing this weird. <laughs> Pursing with <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good look. I don't like it. Well, so other that, than that, that's my point, doesn't it? No, you're wrong. <clears throat> These are fantastic credits All with right. a poor representation of Stockard Channing. Then we go to Rydell High, where we kind of meet the mains. Yeah, we see mm-hmm. all the main guys for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess, I'm going to throw this to you. Mate. Yeah, the T birds are not likable. They're just, I know they're supposed to be, not the heroes of the film, but I don't know, they're supposed to be the people that we relate to immediately. I don't, I don't, there's nothing redeeming about them, especially in those early scenes. And I, maybe, maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe I'm too straight laced and like, no. I never, I never, I never like skip, skip class and that kind of stuff like they do, but it just, I don't I, like, I've got no, I'm immediately not connected to them. It's only until later on and you actually see the human side of them. Maybe that's the point. Well, no. yeah. No, I, th- I think you're right. They're not. They're... I don't actually, Kanicki and, and Danny, I kind of warm to immediately. Sonny and Putsy and the other guy, I don't even Doody. know his name. Doody. Right. I never, yeah. He needed more lines. 
They're old. That's I think well, that's why they're not relatable. <clears throat> they're meant to be high school students, mm. and they're basically in their thirties. So, so when you when you kind of um, you see them, you just you know now maybe back in nineteen seventy eight it wasn't like that. But when you look at them now, you think these guys aren't in high school. Yeah, you know they're and they kind of just look old for high school students. I mean, they do they do make a reference to them like um, having to resit classes and stuff because they flunked them. Maybe they genuinely are that old. They've just been in high school for so long. <laughs> They've had to, re- you know, redo yeah. years over and over again. But it is weird. It's a strange introduction to them. Um, they seem awkward and worse than themselves, don't they? Yeah, it's like they don't know how to quite play the characters it's, yet. The thing I find, they, they're trying to be like the T-Birds. They're trying to be cool, you know, maybe rebellious. Then they have these, like, what you would say are school boy kind of little things, you know, when... Um, during the film, like especially Putsy Doody and Sunny, etc., they do these see little kind of. Yeah. Um, they do a Three in, Stooges skit at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I think so. I, I guess ultimately, what they're going for is they're trying to show us that yeah, these guys are they are still adolescent. They are still kids, right? And I think the mm-hmm. the Pink Ladies do it better because immediately after we meet the T-Birds, we meet them. And one of the first things that one of them says is that that's so adolescent. And she's like, we are adolescent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just kind of paints that story a little bit better than the T-Birds do, I think. Yep. And then we see, um, we see Fran- Frenchie and Sandy. And this, this bit I thought was a bit odd, right? So Sandy is saying that she's at a new school and she's nervous. Is it nice here? Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And Frenchie's like, yeah, you'll love it here. And then Sandy says, well, I love my my last school. And then she says this really strange line. Still, I'm no stranger to heartbreak. What? And then she yeah. looks really, like, solemn. I was like, what? And then Frenchie makes a weird joke that I don't she get. She kind of looks at yeah. her weirdly. I'm like, I don't understand that line. I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It's like she's... Do you think what? she's preempting the Danny Zuko thing? Like, I'm heartbroken because I think I'm never going to see this guy anymore. Do you think that's it? But they're talking about schools. It's just a real yeah, yeah. weird kind of tangent to make. It doesn't connect with the school. No, when she's bit, looking, kind of staring into the distance wistfully about mm. this kind of long lost love. They probably have no time to go into it, but what is Sandy and Frenchie's backstory? How does Frenchie know Sandy? That's a good question. Because Sandy's here for the summer. Mm. Is that no Frenchie? And this is going way too deep into it, but then when you look at Frenchie, a member of the Pink Ladies, <laughs> they know Danny Zuko. Yeah. So. Surely, if she knows Frenchie, Frenchie knows that she, if they've been speaking, she will know that she's. Yeah, um, I may, yeah it's a good point. We don't necessarily. I mean, it's it, it for the it's it's a film. It's a musical. You know, you they're not telling that backstory. But I've always wondered, like, how do those two know each other? Yeah, yeah. And then eventually we get inside the school and we see a kind of start a term skit, a bunch of things happening. And um, the little thing I picked up, which I wanted to say, is that we see Rizzo kind of messing around with some cards. Mm. I would put money on them being joined together. Oh yeah, yeah. You look, they, yeah. They, they literally look like a concertina of cards. They're so like she's a stunt deck, aren't she's they? She's kind of ruffling them. Yeah, it's so poor. Yeah, I, I don't like it. We don't think Stockard no. Channing was um, a card, a card sharp. sharp yeah. No, no, I don't think she is. Card sharp or is sharp? Isn't it sharp? Right oh, info. I thought it's sharp. <laughs> the one kind of thing that I noted is comes in from the first scene when we meet like the T Birds and the Pink Ladies. Then we get inside the school. It's quite an unruly school. There, there's just like people pushing each other over. It's like 
Yeah. It's, it's quite it's quite rough and tumble. I mean, none of us have ever actually been to high school in the States, so we, we don't no. know whether that was what it was like, but yeah. And there was a lack of uniform. Well I don't know if that's because no, that's, that's normal. That's normal. normal. I, again, yeah, yeah, that's, that's normal. my lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. but so there is the quite nice scene, isn't there, when Sandy's trying to join. Oh, I mean, here's my first day, and the yeah. principal has to leave because simply a guy's brushed past another and they immediately start, you know, Fight. rumbling. A tussle. Yeah. Incidentally, I've looked it up. It can be card sharp or card shark. Okay. The, the other thing I picked up from when we kind of get into the school and we meet the teachers and stuff like that, Blanche is a terrible secretary. She's the worst. She's terrible. She's the worst at her job. You know, she has the wrong schedule for that semester. She breaks the typewriter. <laughs> she's, she's playing with the ribbon. A... everywhere. <laughs> you know, she's probably a lovely lady, but as a secretary, she's not very good at her I'm job. I'm not even sure she's a lovely lady. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we move forward and thankfully we hit our first song, which is Summer Nights. I'm sure we've all got things to say about this, but Griff, over to you, son. So the song itself, I'm not going to say much about because the song is the song, um, the dancing and the the and, and it's at this point, I think in summer nights, if we were talking this as a musical itself in terms of it's on stage, we meet the swing cast because there's one guy that kind of has um, a very floppy fringe, mm. and and he's in the film every like scene that okay. there's <clears throat> and there's lots of people that kind of dancing with the T-Birds Danny etc but there's this one guy who's got quite a distinctive haircut mm. in like, nearly every song mm. is he the static, guy he's, he's, I know this man is he's, he's the guy he's the in, the one green, does, in the green shirt at the end yeah, yes he's, he's Charlie Chaplin yeah. 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 yeah but he's just got a distinctive hairstyle and you just sort of see him you know so not that I'm um, a, a theatre man at all but that is the swing cast I okay. believe those in the business would there we are I did not know that but yeah, yeah, the song itself is the song. But the things that um, I kind of pick up from the scene and everything around it are the T-Birds are trying to be cool guys and, you know, and things like that. And I think it's Sonny. He's got a water pistol. Yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> it, was just, it, it just makes me, me smile. It reminds me of um, one of Biff's, uh, like, crew in Back to the Future who's wearing 3D glasses. Yeah. yeah. Does, does he go pew-pew at one point? I think he might I do. I think so. And then a little bit later on, when the scorpions roll up, and they're like, Kaniki oh, yeah, gets a knife out, and he gets, he gets his, his little water pistol. It's great. Um, and you may or may weren't going to comment on this, but it's um, Danny's face and his. Uh, At the end of summer nights, it's just like we'll touch on this, but let's. let's oh, but get I thought this... that might be one that you would pick up on. And the other thing I noticed, don't know why, right at the very end, when I think they're cut, they're cutting to the girls, <clears> there's just this guy in an apron sat on a bench all on his own. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah, just not. He's is not it, joining is it in. Is it Eugene? No, he's no, not. Okay. He's not. He's not joining in. He's just 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 a guy in an apron. Maybe it's the guy from Fast and the Furious that sits outside I'll, I'll the. Put money on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just he's just sat on a bench with an apron on, just like. Not, he's not singing, he's not interacting, he's just sat there. It's, just, it's almost like a cast member just like got lost and sat down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go into your point about the, the stuff. I'm going to call them the what, swing crew, swing cast? The swing. Okay, right, I'm doing that wrong already, okay. Um, I will be happily corrected by anybody that is into the musical theatre and et cetera mm-hmm. to correct us, but 
in my limited knowledge of seeing a Thank few you. musicals, they call it the swing. Okay. So I have, throughout this entire movie, I find myself looking at the way in which they bring in characters that are in the scene but are not part of the tune into the dance. I think mm. it's hilarious. Right. So when you see Summer Nights, there's a guy in the, in the top right of the frame who's just sat there. Right. And then slowly he starts to move. <laughs> he, he starts goes, to wiggle a little yeah, bit, yeah, doesn't yeah. he? It's just <laughs> it's really weird. He's like, okay, now just, just, it would look really strange if you just get up and start dancing. So I want you to just kind of get into it, get into it, get moving, and then bang. And it happens so often. So, you so see the, these the, music, the music is taking him over, right? It's, like he's, he's yeah, becoming. Yeah possessed by the music the rhythm is going to get you yeah yeah so that's funny and i'm glad you mentioned green polo shirt guy because he chef's kiss that guy yeah what a guy elite level swing cast what a guy I don't know, but yeah he's just you just i think there's others in it but you just i just see him no no lots. he's the main guy and it must be his hair but anyway look we digress um we're going to move forward to the uh the pet rally so it's night time there's a fire they're talking coach Calhoun is talking about the team and uh, we're going to talk about it now, Jess. Yeah, um, it's one of my favourite lines, and I hope I, I, I think I hear it correctly. He after his whole, he's going to we're going to rip them and shred them and all that kind of stuff. And he says afterwards, we're going to come back and we're going to ring that victory bell like we always wanted to. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it, it's almost lost because the crowd are kind of cheering at that time. So you can't quite tell what quite tell what he's saying. But the fact that they've never won a game is not lost on me. I love it so much. Well, I'm not surprised when we see Tom later on being yeah. a complete buffoon with his helmet. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, Coach Calhoun, what a guy. Yeah. Griff. And then, there's a few things I sort of, I kind of noticed in the, the, the pet rallies. One of them, they've obviously got their signs as a pet rally. One of them says, death to gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. I guess that's the team they're going yeah. to play. Yeah, right? it's quite, quite, quite harsh. Yeah. I think death to go. Um, the other thing, and again, this is picking up on the age thing, is completely kind of not part of the film, but when you see some of the football teams sat on the bench, their hairlines are quite receding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for young, butch, yeah. high, school, high schoolers, they've got receding <laughs> hairlines. And there's another line I picked up on, and I don't know because the films would have been released very close to each other. But it's when Kanicki turns up in his um, white car. And I think it's... Um, Putsy says, what a hunk of junk. Mm -hmm. Which just reminded me of what, that's what Luke says when he sees the Millennium Falcon. He, he goes, really what a hunk of junk. And I thought, Ooh. I don't know if it was filmed at the same time or whatever, or it was just a coincidence. Or mm. it was a case of they just saw that in just, Star Wars mm. and they kind of stole that line because Star Wars would have been quite big <clears> back then. Perhaps. We'll never know. And I think my final thing from the Pep Riley scene is Doody, Sonny and uh, Pudsy. Pudsy? <laughs> He's a bear. Pudsy, they, they look up to um, Danny. You can clearly tell that yeah. they, they idolise Danny. And it's it's their look on their faces when Danny sees San, Sandy. It's like Danny goes from this like really cool mm -hmm. guy, you know, that they look up to and, you know, he's probably their idol to this like complete, like what they would say, a jock and mm. they're just like where's Danny this isn't Danny mm. and then when he realises he's like he just kind of like he's got an image to uphold yeah. Yeah. do we think he plays that well or do we think it's terrible who Travolta yeah when he when he acts like he realises that he's not being a T-bird 
I think it's deliberately done. I think it's deliberate. Oh, no, no, that, clearly. No. It's, but is it... Is it acted well? Yeah. Because there's a couple of times when Travolta acts. I don't like it so much. I, I think it's Travolta acting like he thinks a teenager would act. <laughs> yeah. Which is difficult. He's like yeah. 29 or yeah, something. Yeah. When he... So I think, because it comes up a little bit later on where actually I referenced it, and I can jump ahead just a little bit, when when he he's doing the running around the track and he falls mm-hmm. and um, you know on the hurdle and then Sandy runs up to him and, and he's like all moody and kind of in a huff because his pride has been hurt. I actually think he does that bit really well. Agreed. He looks like a... He looks like my teenage son does when something doesn't quite go yeah, his he way. Looks, he looks... Um kind of upset doesn't he yeah in a really believable way yeah but in an upset way like i like like actually he would feel at that moment mm-hmm. i've done something yeah. that i know looked really stupid He's and like my pride is hurt yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah. i'm i'm willing to give travolta the the benefit of the doubt maybe yeah it's borderline for me yeah. I'm like, ah, laying it on a bit thick mm. anyway small point from i say small point it's not really i don't understand this part of the movie Right, how long do we think after the start of term this is? Oh, well, she says. She says on does the she... announcement, but I can't remember. It's like she said, at the dead. end of the week we'll have the pep rally or she something. She says, yeah, when she does her opening announcement. Ah. You might have been distracted by Blanche getting the, um, the typewriter. Type no, but but she does say that. this week is our first pep yeah. rally. So, because presumably the first game of the football season will be that Friday. So and it'll be like right. the Thursday before or even that night. They also mention the cheerleader tryouts as well. And then Sandy's a cheerleader. Yeah. Which explains, because I couldn't understand why she was so bad at it. But that makes sense, right? Yeah, no practice. Yeah, because she clearly does something wrong. Mm-hmm. Next on to one of my favourite scenes. Um, Frenchie mentions to Sandy that, you know, going to have a sleepover. And um, we get straight into it. Now, one of the things, just before we go into the scene... We see a brief shot outside the house. Um, gives us a bit of context to the, the environment. And someone says, this is just before Jan's doing the toothbrush, toothbrush mm-hmm. commercial, toothpaste mm. commercial, whatever it is. Someone says, hey, look, it's Jan. Right? That is nobody in that room. It, the voice is weird. Oh, oh, I see. So the person saying, hey, look, it's Jan. Like, because you, the camera's still outside and someone says, hey, look, it's Jan. And it's like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, that, is, um, that is small stuff to the extreme, but I appreciate it very much. I, yeah. I, I played it again this morning. I was like, I don't understand who that is. The only, the closest thing, the closest it's, person it sounds like is, in fact, Jan. Which... <laughs> Referring to yourself in the third person is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was uh, that was the one I wanted to start off yeah. with. Guys, you got anything on the inside? No. I've got something else if you don't. No, want no, to I've, I've got not much on the um, okay. the sleeper. I mean, the only thing from the sleeper is that you just see how unworldly Sandy is compared to the rest of the pink ladies. Mm. Yeah, it's funny actually because the the bit that I feel for her most about there is is when they offer her drink. Or whatever it is they're drinking, that, that nasty-looking stuff. And she says, no, I have had a drink at my cousin's wedding or something. Bless mm-hmm. her. She's all innocent, isn't she? Yeah. I think that's really sweet. Um, but I've got a couple of things. So Jan, um, Jan's bought some Twinkies, Ugh. right? <laughs> Which actually, given that you're here, Griff, Griff, Griff brings Twinkies from time to time. Not today, I note. No. Um, 
But interestingly, she says seven Twinkies and gets one out. Right. The bag after that, clearly empty. No, no. I bought one good. Twinkie for yeah. me. Right. Anyone but, want a Twinkie? Everyone's like, nope. And she's like, good, because I only bought one. Because it <laughs> So the sum was there just to make her look like she was thinking of other people. I don't know, all the yeah. props. She gets yeah. rid of the paper bag pretty quickly. Yeah, so that, um, that scene eventually goes into, uh, I guess, our next big song. Look at me, I am Sandra D. Mm. Don't think I've really got much on the song. I pointed at you because I figured you might want to mention Troy Donahue. No, not really. He looks like former world champ, Formula One world champion Mika Hakkinen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So the one other thing I wanted to point out about this scene is that um, the song mentions Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. They recorded this scene on the day Elvis died. died. Yep. No way. Um, yeah. And they all felt a bit, when you read about it, they all felt a little bit awkward because he's mentioned in the song. Yeah. There's a picture of him on the wall. Yeah, and she does, a, she and does an Elvis I move, don't she? I don't know, I can't remember the name of the person, but El, from the stage version... Elvis isn't in the song; it's somebody else. Mm. But I think there was this other person. There was some controversy around him, so they replaced it with Elvis. Okay, I mean Elvis is literally the biggest, the king, the biggest thing. Yeah. Mm. So we go from the wonderful song to another wonderful song, hopelessly devoted to you. <laughs> Who doesn't love our song here? So Incidentally, f- not actually in the the stage show. They added it afterwards. Not even in the film. They filmed it after the film was a wrap. Wasn't it a contractual thing for Olivia Newton-John? Yeah, that's that she right. Had, they said she's got to have a solo, solo song. She nails it, by the way. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So the song's good, but this just leads to the worst part of the film for me, of the entire film. And Andy Not, and Jeff will probably know. You know what it is? <clears throat> Danny Zuko facing the paddling. Pool. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that she loves Danny or whatever, and she's thinking about him, but. What the hell? It's Danny from the beach as well. He's wearing that blue kind of. It's just like windbreaker. Thing. When you look at the film, it's just like it kind of comes from there. It's like there's not really been anything like that where there's been like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The final, the final note of um, summer nights. They're they're yeah, side but, by side. Yeah, but, that, but what I mean is they're both singing in yeah. there, so they're bringing them together. But it's like, where's this? Danny Zuko's yeah. face, and it's in the paddling pool. Come from uh, the paddling. I, I think the paddling pool is a nice touch, though. You know that. That we think she's like it's some sort of pond or or some sort of like water feature in Frenchie's house, but it's actually just a crummy little paddling pool. I mean, it's, yeah. it's interpretive, but for me, it's just my least favorite. Mm. I like the song, but it's just my least favorite part of the yeah, film. So yeah. your your small stuff for this scene was just to criticize. The yeah, just to yeah, criticize okay. Danny Zuko's face in well, the paddling pool. That's fair. That's fine. I've never done that. Um, I, I want. To, I, I'm going to swing the balance the other way though and say that. A large portion of that song and that scene is one take. Like and only when she sits down next to the what we learn is a paddling pool does it does it change to a different camera. So I mean that's really cool. And actually it's really quite nice quite nicely choreographed. So um even though it was recorded after the rest of the stuff was filmed, they did a good job. I agree. And we touched on it very briefly, I'm gonna mention it properly now. I think Olivia Newton John's vocals throughout this this movie are incredible mm-hmm. she sounds amazing in almost everything she does um yeah just yeah. wanted to, to, to underline that yeah the key changes <clears throat> in hopelessly devoted to you are so good
Anyway, uh, I wanted to mention something else about this scene, and I don't understand why, just before she breaks into song, Frenchie is, sorry, not Frenchie, Marty is writing to one of her many pen pals, mm -hmm. boyfriends, whatever. Sandy asks for some paper. Why? Well, my assumption is that the song, Hopelessly Devoted to You, is actually what she's writing. Or what she was thinking of writing. I think it's she, she, like Marty is writing these letters to her pen pals, and Sandy enjoyed the likes that idea and so wants to do it, and so that's what she's thinking of writing. You're going for some like metaphorical stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. So that's the song is her thinking about what she's going to write. I will consider my question answered. Is there, isn't there? towards the end of it doesn't that piece of paper landing said yeah. paddling pool so, she yeah. wipes it over Zuko's face mm. so that's like what she's I washing. think that's... now his face is all wet <laughs> and, and all the lyrics are blurred and yeah. it's like a disaster <laughs> so from here we we broadly go to um, what is essentially the make out point mm -hmm. and we see Kaniki and Riz in the car yeah Jess. well so yeah. it's Right at the beginning of that scene, there's an ad, like a commercial on the radio. And the commercial is for some kind of, um, you know, acne cream or something. Uh, but the first line is, do you close your eyes when you look in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> so either that's, that's a, like a legit ad, in which case, like, bravo ad company, because that's really funny. Or mm -hmm. it's the makers of Greece making a joke about... Um, ads and if if so bravo grease production company yeah thanks for pointing that out I, yeah. I i did pick up on that the bit i wanted to mention was um obviously they're getting a bit steamy under the collar in the car as you mm. might expect riz asks um Kaniki if he's got anything which he, he looks in his wallet and unfortunately it's so old it's crumbled into uh, well, what is it? Isn't it this is my ninth grade insurance seventh, policy. seventh grade seventh insurance grade. policy then we see this this slightly awkward silence where they're not sure what to do, and then and Riz just says, "Ah, oh, oh, whatever, let's just go for it." And then <laughs> Kaniki goes, "Boom!" <laughs> <laughs> but he's kissing her at the same time. It's very clever. So, yeah, right. yeah. so he's very well, happy and able to talk mm, whilst kissing. Well, it's Kaniki. I mean, he's yeah. he's a legend, right? Is this the first time we see Creator Face? No, it's not, is it? We see him earlier. Yeah, we see. Um, we see oh, him in the pet rally. rally. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But it's the first time we see the flames out the back Hit of the car. That car is the worst. No, I don't know. The flames come out the back. I'm just saying. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. The other thing I don't know if you notice on Craterface. Why is he, he keeps his gloves in a, like a lapel in his leather jacket, <laughs> like like some sort of pilot or something. Yeah. I was going to make that point. Is you see it at Thunder Road, like it's the most correct use of what are they call epaulets or something. Is that like, what they're there for? Like you keep your beret in one and your gloves in the other or something. I think so. Yeah. But I was like, what is that? What's that studded thing on his shoulder? Love that. And he's got his studded driving. <laughs> That's so good. Ah, great face. He's just a big dork in it, deep down, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's he's. How uh, old is he, by the way? Yeah, really, I mean, old. honestly, really old. Yeah. I mean, that's not. A, Thanks. Not quantified in any way at good. all. Um, Okie dokie. So, <clears throat> best musical number comes next. Grease Lightning. 
I don't know. Um, it's a question mark more than it. It was a question rather than a statement. It used to when I was in my youth. This used to be my favourite. Uh, I'm not sure it is anymore because I've mm. got old and sentimental. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it probably it, isn't. It's, it's still it might be the best song. show. He comes down like sitting astride the already revving <laughs> engine, engine. <laughs> with, <laughs> on with a crane. Fan. If you look closely, you can see the string that's pulling the fan round. Oh, very yeah, good. That's good. Now I know <clears throat> it. Kind of, it brings on to one of the points that I kind of whether it's we see it at the end of the film, obviously, but. That scene is about it's Kinnicky's cars in the garage, mm. and they're like going, you know, we can we can do this car, up, you know, we can do it. And John Lee John Travolta in um, <clears throat> to the great open line, though this car is systematic, yeah, and all this stuff. And then they cut away to this like um, studio shot scene where they're all looking dapper and stuff like that. Why is the car different? It's not Kinnicky's car anymore. And I thought Kinnicky's car was meant to be Grease Lightning. Well. It's, you know, creative license. I, 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 I know, I know. It was just, were, were they holding Kinnicky's car back for the Thunder Road scene? But I just, it was just, I've kind of always baffled me. It's like, <laughs> they're meant to be doing Kinnicky's car, but why is it come back? But it's not like it's Kinnicky's car in a different colour. It's got different. Maybe, maybe it's. I'm probably looking he, too much into it, I you know. But you are possi- a bit. Possibly. I mean, the, the garage completely changes to a workshop. And they're wearing spangly outfits. Mm, and yeah. Danny's got like studs around his. <clears throat> and there was a couple of other things from it. Is um, the, 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 if you listen to lyrics, they're quite risque. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, There's quite a few risque. moments in this where they say stuff that and, like, uh, and manage to get past the censors. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what's Danny doing with the cling film? Oh, that was my point. What is the cling film? He 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 half heartedly starts to run around the car with cling film, and then yeah. just just throws it away. I have the answer. Go on then. Do you know? What do you want me to tell you? Well, well clearly, we, neither of us know. Neither of us know. <laughs> so, so he's looking very—he's looking smug. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I am actually quite smug. Back in the uh, back in the days in the fifties, apparently, this sort of wrap was sometimes used as protection. Oh, yeah. So there is a so a nod. bit like the rhyme in days of old when knights were bold and condoms weren't invented. They tie a sock, but it's not a sock. It's what are you talking about? You never heard don't, that right. No, well, and don't uh, we, are, we are not. Let's, let's just stop there. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you I'm, said sock. We got it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So um, they wanted um, some, and I think in the stage show it's a bit more racy. But they and wanted I a think, reference. Yeah, to, and I yeah. think actually the the director had told Travolta not to do anything naughty with it, but then he got away no, with he it does. and just rubbed it on his crotch, and yeah. that was the end of it. So I have right. the answer for you. There you, there are. you go. <clears throat> And the, the, the I fi- don't feel any better about that. <laughs> and the final thing ask. that I, I picked up from Grease Lightning, um, I want to say Kaniki's lighter, but it's more like Kaniki's flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We see it a couple of times during the film, and it is immense. Why? Why? He must have to refill it like every other day. Yeah. Well, maybe it limits his intake of cigarettes. Because he's grown up. Well, it, it, it might put them up, but I don't know, because he's basically burnt half of it by yeah. the time it's Coach finished. Calhoun does tell uh, Danny to cut down to two packs a day. day. He does, yeah. So we move on and to one of my favourite locations. We're going on to later, Frosty mm-hmm. Palace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're inside in Frosty Palace and um, we see Sandy and Danny talk again, I think for the first time since their awkward encounter at the Pepperay. Yeah, so this is nothing about like the acting or the scene itself. There's just one thing I noticed. 
and I might c- completely kind of just been watching the film and like it was subliminally, but there's a Pepsi poster in the background, mm-hmm. and there's a girl in the poster. Really looks like Stockard Channing, so I don't know whether oh. it's her or whether I was just been watching Greece and basically <clears throat> I was seeing Stockard Channing because she had a similar haircut. Right. But, but I don't know if it was like a deliberate act where she doing the face from the credits. So <laughs> the same artist. <laughs> but you know, yeah. So that's kind of the the one thing I noticed from um, from that. I do like um, Danny's fake laugh in this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ha ha. Don't make me laugh. Simple is right. Too bad his brains are in his biceps. Jealous are you? Jealous? Oh come on, Sandy. Don't make me laugh. Ha ha ha. And what have you ever done? Ha ha. It's it's one of the many kind of um funny line deliveries by John Travolta. <laughs> like even you referenced his is oh at the end mm. of um, Summer Nights. There's a few of them like that. He does, doesn't he? So, I mean, yeah. it, the the enunciation on some of the letters and, and words it's mm. uh, it's odd on yeah. purpose. You've got to imagine. Yeah. And but yeah, the ha ha is particularly amusing. Yeah, skipping forward a tiny little bit, we then see the kind of Greece Rocky montage where Danny is decided to change. I've heard a number of people recently talk about how. Um, the end of the at the end of the film, you know, Sandy. It's a bad message because Sandy completely changes who she is to get the the man she wants, and it's not a particularly good message for uh, teenage girls. But actually, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. Danny actually tries to change himself first by doing all this stuff, and he does it again at the end. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And you know, he says, I, "While you guys were goofing around, I lettered in track." He says, doesn't he? So um, it, it is. <laughs> Both both male and female people try to um, change themselves to get the person they want. So I guess it comes out even. <laughs> yep. The um, it's quite an amusing montage, isn't it? Um, by my favourite one, I think is a basketball. So he's wearing his shorts super high. Oh, it's bad. It's a bad look. Yeah. And then he clearly he's never seen basketball at all. And actually, I think coach has barely played basketball based on his skills, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he's running around. Like, with his fist ready to punch them he's put his dukes up yeah yeah yeah, that's good I like the baseball I think Mm -hmm. just because of how low he wears his hat (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know I've never played baseball but I'm going to say that uh, pulling uh, a mask and then letting it go on someone's face on that is is a no-no that looks looks I mean I felt Coach Calhoun had something to work there for because his first pitch it was a foul ball but he connected Mm -hmm. so there's something to work with there baseball could have been his calling no, but it's okay because track was his calling, so it's fine. And then we move back to Frosty Palace. The Frosty Palace. Or was it just Frosty Palace? Frosty Palace. Um, Sandy and Danny's date. They try and be, you know, secretive about it, mm-hmm. which is just stupid because it's a tiny little place, right? And, and everybody knows him. Exactly. Right. Them. And then, um, yeah, ends up being a bit of a communal table of um, food and drink, at least. So um, he, he orders... A lot of food. Yeah. He and wasn't then, ordering much. He didn't eat it. No one eats and their food. And then leaves. No one eats their food. It's so irritating. And, and also doesn't pay. None of them. Ah, no, no, but they leave it to Kanicki, right? Yeah. Because he yeah. says it at the end that he gets the check. Because yeah. I think Riz Because that's when he kind of a bit of falling out with Riz and she yeah, throws yeah. it over him. Uh, the other thing I was disappointed with, we never got to see the Eskimo pie. Oh. Sounds yeah, really good. like a dog sled something or other as well. Oh, wasn't yeah, it? it sounded really good, the Eskimo pie. I'm sure... Pie. 
American viewers of the film and American listeners will know exactly what a um, Eskimo pie is, but I, I can't remember what it is. No, I have heard of it before though. No, but yeah, it, I I agree. My point again was that they they just don't eat their food. Sorry, I stole your point. No, that's Apologies. okay. I've got another one anyway. It's okay. fine. So everyone's there. Everyone leaves really hastily. And when I say everyone, I mean literally everyone. Yeah, the lights are off by the time... I what? Yeah. So you've just brought food out. <laughs> Obviously, they're condensing time to, you know, move things on a little bit. They got their food three minutes before closing time and they're going <laughs> to kick them out. If they hadn't left, what do you do? <laughs> Because you look around and suddenly there's no one there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody is leaving and they're turning the lights off. Anyway, that thankfully brings us into the wonderful beauty school dropout. Yeah, so lyrically you've got, uh, it's a great song delivered by Frankie Avalon. The one thing I noticed in there, and probably lots of people have seen it, but some of the um, girls who've got like their silver colours are, are members of the Pink Ladies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and also when the angels fly across it, Doody, Putsy and yeah. Sunny, which is, yeah, that's good. I quite like that little, strangely that you don't see a floppy hair guy. No. <laughs> so yeah. of all of the tracks, all of the songs in the film, this is the biggest joke, right? I mean, they, 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 they took, got someone with a bit of kudos, right? A bit of kind of, mm-hmm. bit of gravitas. And then made him sing the most ridiculous song possible, surrounded by the most ridiculous things possible. And it's all self-aware. They know exactly what they're doing, right? Yes, that's correct. He's mean. He's really mean to Frenchie. Like, unpleasant. <laughs> but in a nice way. <laughs> no, it's not nice at all. There's a couple of times he's trying to look slightly, like, menacing, and he's not good at that. Mm. Kind of rocking his head and waving his finger at her. And, uh, yeah. Like the father figure that only Frankie Avalon. I be. I like the way they committed to the joke of it. I think they did. It just works really nicely for me. Yep. I hadn't really sort of realised that until this rewatch. I haven't watched this film anywhere near as much as you guys. Um, so I hadn't kind of really realised that it was actually intentionally tongue in cheek. And now that I know that it is, I like it a lot. I more. think he's meant to be like the teen angel type character, isn't he? Yeah. We leave Frankie Avalon behind and we skip forward to the dance preparation. Yeah. Okay, so we're back in Rydell and we're all getting ready for the dance. Specifically, the warm-up dance is where we meet the wonderful Vince Fontaine. Yeah, I mean, we go from one legend to another. I mean, come on. Vince Fontaine. I don't. I just think you just need to say Vince Fontaine and that's it. Yeah. It's I just, just, just... I love his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just everything about it. I mean, he's creepy, creepy as hell. And I'm fairly but... certain he tries to drug Marty. Because mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's... He tried to slip, yeah. He's tried to slip Aspen into yeah. a uh, yeah. coke. Yeah. Uh, but also, somehow he's still a legend. <laughs> I also love that the band is Johnny Casino and the Gamblers. The Gamblers are hilarious. There's like seven of them. And they're just doing dances. <laughs> choreographed, but not choreographed very well. No, they're kind of they're spin all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So the one thing about the, the, the dance off and it's like national bandstand. Yeah, it's like the national final. <laughs> I don't get but, it. But, but all, all the competitors were from Rydell High, yeah. who'd never been on any of the. <laughs> who'd never been on anything, <laughs> and <they're> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it's a national. <laughs> but I actually think the whole dance um, thing, that sort of sequence of scenes, is my favourite in the entire film. 
I just think it's. I think it probably is. I just think well. it's the whole thing is, is um, <clears throat> brilliant. So can I just really briefly use this as an opportunity to talk about Marty? Um, yes. I think she's my favourite pink lady. I think like the her. We talked about Colin Firth's face acting in um, Bridget Jones last mm-hmm. time. We did. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I should have looked it up. The actor that plays Marty, her face acting is great. Like a couple of times at the sleepover, she's awesome. And specifically when, what's his name? Vince Fontaine says, hey, is anybody, everybody here met Marty? She, the look on her face is just, <laughs> she can't quite believe what's happening. She can't process it. And it's just so good. But it's when people sort of say something, she's like, and then she goes, yeah. and she smiles afterwards. Yeah, I, I had a huge crush on Marty when I was a kid. When I started watching this film, most of it was because of her, to be honest. I think the um, other thing about... Um, I think it's when the dance, it might be when the hand dry starts, I think. That Vince Fontaine is cool. Like he's, he's a great character. But when they're dancing, it's apparently how much the guy can't dance and then how uncool he is. He like, looks really awkward as he's trying to be cooling down with the kids. He's like, no, I can't do this. Oh, what, what Vince? Yeah. Because he's navigating between yeah. people. And between it, he's doing this. He's trying to dance, but it's just like... Yeah, it's, not it's like mate. watching your dad do it, isn't it? It's not, it's not, it's not good. Um, did anyone else learn to hand jive because of this? No. Yes. I can probably hand jive right now. Exactly. I mean, it's not good radio. But oh, the other thing as well, um, the, the a small thing that I notice is when um, I think it's just about to start. Vince Fontaine's entrance when he like oh. he at kind of cut, cut so cartwheels in at the is end of ball. Is at the end of ball to hand jive? His yeah, 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 entrance. Sorry. He he cartwheels in. Yeah, hand, hand springs in. Hand springs yeah. in. And then catches the mic that is thrown to him. It's fantastic. I wonder how many takes that took. For me, it's it might be the height of cinema. It might be one of my favourite cinematic moments ever. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's like up there as like the bit one of the scenes and things that I remember the most in I, films. And I'm not exaggerating. I would completely agree with you. It is iconic. Yeah. It is so good. Vince Fontaine. I know. I've kind of jumped ahead. It's all moved back. The whole hand jive dance scene mm. thing is brilliantly done mm-hmm. it's absolutely you know, I think it's brilliantly done it's just so well done uh, there's just there's just one that I don't like it's the the guy that Sandy pushes past when she goes off in a huff he's in a brown jacket and he's yeah. got his tie undone and he's really really going oh, for the, the hand dive? drive and his head's all over the place and he's got this like really this, kind it, of gross face is it the going. face that does this yeah yeah no he's at the end as well he's yeah. one of the what do you call them the swing yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially when they yeah. when the re- the hand drive is coming yeah, to yeah. its finale, he's he looks, there. He really looks a bit sweaty, yeah. and his hair he's he sleazy. Looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like that kind of moist pink skin look, you know. Yeah. Before we move on, I wanted to make a point about this this whole scene. I don't understand. And again, every time I say this, you school me, and I'm like, oh, you know, what an idiot. But I'm going to say it. I don't get why Sonny takes Sandy away. I got this. I don't either. I don't understand that. At there's, all. there's kind of Cha Cha's walking around, kind of looking predatory because uh, Kaniki's kind of been. So do you think Cha Cha has convinced Sonny to? But but also I think Sonny he snuck in like some drinks. Oh, he's a bit drunk. So he's a bit drunk. Yeah. yeah, but but no, I'm kind of with you there. There's Doesn't not make like... any sense. He's supposed to be Danny's friend, right? There's yeah. not a knowing glance. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it before and we see it afterwards, how much they rely on Danny. They mm. would seemingly do almost anything for him. Mm. And then he shafts him. Yeah. Mm. I don't get it. 
there's no indication that he doesn't like Sandy. It just doesn't make any sense. It's funny because I've not ever really thought about it before. I'm watching it again as you do for these things. It's obviously the maneuver that gets Cha Cha in with Danny. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's like, why is it sunny? It's, it's just not... a story beat. It could yeah. be anybody, right? It could be the. And actually, I don't even know why. Why is it a story beat? It doesn't matter. It makes no difference to anything. Yeah. If that was Sandy, it makes no difference. Yeah. Literally nothing. I, no, I think it does. Yeah, because that's like, that's the catalyst for her to be insecure about their relationship and. Oh, like, okay, maybe. Yes, you know, Cause, yeah, because she kind of complains that Danny doesn't. You just he sort of says, "Oh, we fell together," but he sort of like looks back at Sandy. She's going, and then Cha Cha's there. And he's like, "Oh, I'll carry on." So, do you think things. she blames him for Sunny being? I don't know. Kidnapping. I don't know if she. No, I doubt that, but I just think it 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 just makes her compare herself to someone who, in her mind, is cooler, and like fits better with Danny's persona. I think that's the, that's the if point. We, if, is if that we're it, looking at it, it gives deep. her that comparison to make. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at it deep, he makes no effort to go after Sandy. Yeah, no, he sort no. of looks at her and goes, all right, oh, I've got to keep I'll, dancing. I've got to keep dancing. He's a slave to the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, the final thing on the, the whole uh, hand jive scene, like obviously we've covered, they call Vince Fontaine's um, yeah. front flip and catching of the microphone. It's when, the, I think that it's kind of showing a TV shot. It's Eugene's reaction to Vince Fontaine. He's like, like he's like a hysteric. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a fanboy. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's just, it's just, he's like, a, yeah, hysteric. Like, um, girl will be like when you see the Beatles. He's just he's like, a fan girl. Yeah, he's just do, do, doing that. Mm. And That's the other, like, not so light-hearted is, and I think it's been kind of been mentioned. You know, as it's been brought up to the twenty-first century, is about um, when they're talking about the rules of the dance-off, and mm-hmm. they're yeah. saying it's couples a boy girl, yeah, and yeah. they take the mick out of Eugene. You know, and you sort of think now. That I wouldn't fly. That the wouldn't whole, fly. Like, there's a whole undertone of bullying in this film, which yeah. is not yeah. does not age well. And then even even the idea that couples have to be boy girl, one male, one female, you know, strictly come dancing has has dis not disproved, but you know has sort of changed our yeah. I mean, it ever. gets awkward though, doesn't it? Because mm. I think you know what they're doing there. Obviously, in 1978 or 1977 when they made this film. Mm. Um, that would have been the case. Well, and in that 1958, been, it definitely would have been Exactly right, yeah. but they're also putting this in 1958, and it absolutely 100%. It's a bit like what we talked about um, yeah. on Bridget Jones's diary, you know, the times change. It's what not... we've seen as socially acceptable. Yeah, it's exactly. Not... I know I said that was probably my final thing, but the other thing that I kind of picked up, and when they, it's going, we're skipping back to the start of the dance, but when Cha-Cha turns up with Kinnicky, she clearly knows Danny. Mm-hmm. Is there no girl that Danny doesn't know? Exactly. Well, that's kind of... <laughs> I don't know. It, that's I know another it's... reason why Sandy's insecure, yeah. because Rizzo and Cha-Cha and... Yeah, so, yeah. We're going to leave the hand jive behind and move to the drive-in. I quite like this scene. Um, the, the, it starts off... Uh, well, I don't know if it starts off. I'm going to start off with uh, Rizzo in the, in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Marty, she says? Yeah. Is she saying yeah, yeah, she yeah. she might be pregnant. Yeah. Um and then there's a that whole scene about um the rumour going down the, the line vine, of basically. It's really good. It's really well done. The choreography of it is great. Yeah, it's a fantastic scene where there's people to you know and it's it's not quite Chinese whispers because they the story is correct by the time it gets to it. But the <laughs> the rumour gets to Riz at the same time. And you know, yeah. at that point, Kaniki's heard it, and Rizzo, 
I hear you're knocked up. You do, huh? Yeah. Boy, good news really travels fast. Why don't you tell me about it? Yeah. It's it's so good. The timing of that scene is great. Very, very cleverly yeah, shot. Yeah. I do it, like it's that. The one, it's what I'd written down as well. It's just how well kind of that message gets mm-hmm. um, passed along the line. It's good. There's another bit um, when Danny, and this, I'll, I'll come back to this later, but Danny is obviously trying it on with Sandy. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Mm. I say it's funny. It's, it's sad, actually. It's, it's pathetic what she's trying to do, but it's done in a, an amusing way. And he gives her his ring, whatever that terrible ring is made out of. I don't it's know, class but, ring or something. But he can't get it off, so he uses the grease from his hair yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> lubricate his finger. Yeah. And that just does the trick. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. When he does something wrong, he immediately like goes to his hair to slick it back to try and look cool. It's like, I've done something, I've got to look cool. Mm-hmm. Grease is the word. Then he sings Sandy. Right. Which I always thought was called Stranded at the Drive-In. <laughs> This is a stupid song. This is the worst song in the movie, right there. Two reasons. Firstly, I don't think it's a very good song. Secondly, the lyrics, what does he think? He literally says, um, uh, Sandy, you've hurt me real bad. You know it's true. What? When? Which part? Mm -hmm. All all she did, amusingly, is left his sin wagon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And nearly every time that Sandy's kind of um, walked away from him, it's been something that kind of, he's been the catalyst for. Self-inflicted. Yeah. I don't get it. I think it's... And again, I think there's a couple of things in this film which are probably hangovers from the musical, which have been put in because they're good songs, mm. which perhaps don't quite line up with the direction some of the scenes went in the movie. Uh, I'm guessing this is one I don't know. Uh, but it just feels a little bit weird. He's he literally blaming her for everything, apparently. When it's so obviously him. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a comment on the song itself, but there's just one thing at the very end of the song. It's the hot dog <laughs> yeah. and the bun. How long is that hot dog doing backflips? Yeah. Like, it's the longest hot dog it's, ad. It's tantalising, because you know what's going to happen. You're just like, is he going to is he going to jump this time? Yeah. Nope. This but, time, but it, but it's also like, was it deliberately done that there's like the hot dog opens itself up for a? I don't hot know what you mean to Pro- jump in. Probably, I don't. You know, <laughs> oh, God. no. We should move no. on. <clears throat> We're not inviting you again. Yeah, right. <laughs> After that, they um, they finally have finished grease lightning. They have the car, and they pull it out of the shop class workshop. And the, the teacher, right, Miss Murdoch, mm-hmm. she is the shop teacher. Yep. Okay, you see her at the beginning when yeah, yeah. Sandy first arrives at school. She is not a good person. Uh, if you like, consider she's there to be a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. She endorses car, the- uh, car part theft. Like she outward overtly <laughs> says, I know that you've stolen the parts to this car. She's got no budget. She she wants the best for her kids. She's got no budget in her department. She wants the best for her kids. Yeah, she is fully endorsing them going illegal street racing. She wants I mean, them to fulfil their destiny and is there at the street race. She's supporting like, her kids. Encouraged. I don't. I think she is perhaps misguided, but I think her her heart's in the right place. Is absolutely. that what you're saying? But I bet the kids love her. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> they let she lets them steal car parts and illegally race their cars. Hmm. Yes, you get the impression that she might be the head of an organised crime uh, syndicate. Somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> and um, with that, we're going to skip over the only song we've got nothing to say about, and that's There Are Worst Things I Could Do. I want to say something about it, though. Yeah, go on, because... No, it's weird, right? And this has got nothing to do with the film. I just wanted to point this out. A couple of weeks ago, I went to an open mic night at my daughter's school, right? It was brilliant. Loads of people went up, played music, most of it like kind of Nirvana and the kind of stuff you'd imagine like teenagers want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, one girl got up and sang, there are worse things I could do on her own. It's really um, weird, Fair right? play. Fair it play. Was, it was brilliant as mm. well. Um, anyway. Well, yeah, we we could skip over this, but as you quite rightly pointed out, it's probably the only song we don't have anything to say about, so I'm going to say it. it. It's probably the song with the most heart in the whole film. It might potentially be the best song in the film. It might not be the most catchy or the most, you know thrilling or whatever but in terms of the what it actually means it's it's heartfelt and like for her character it's important say when you look at her character yeah it's actually quite a reflective song like you know she happily ridiculed sandy and um you know and when you go back to when um she introduces sandy to danny at the the pep rally you know, you know it's a deliberate act because like they shoot each other a look. She's like, grinning. She's so like, she's horrible. I've done, I've done this on purpose. Did yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you're right. She's quite. She's, she's grinning. Yeah, it's like it's them. not it's calculated. It's yeah. calculated. It's not very, and it's quite a reflective song for her. Sort of going, you know, I'm bit. You know, I could be pregnant. You know, well, that's both things I could have done. But you know, yeah. it's kind of a bit of a maybe a coming of age for her. It is. That's ultimately what this film is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we move on from that, and then we're at Thunder Road which is a great place to be. So I've got one thing to say about Thunder Road. It's in Terminator 2. It is? Well, I think as far it, as I know... Oh, well, and a few other films, but yeah. I think that's the same... As far as I know, it's the LA River. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't... I go, I'm, <laughs> listeners in LA, please write in. But I'm pretty sure it is just the LA River, and which, yeah, it, it features in a lot of films, doesn't it? Yeah. So what do we see here? The race build-up. So there's, yeah. you know, we've mentioned uh, Creative Faces, Glove, Holding... <laughs> Um, and his hair is terrible. He goes to kiss Chacha. She's like the worst looking man. Chacha, who's now back with Crater Face, by the way. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're all face. over the place. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing on the race build up, I don't know, again, if I'm looking too deeply into this, is um, Jen sees the penny and says, like, see a penny, pick it up. Mm-hmm. We'll go but then immediately um, it's taken from her. And um, yeah, who takes it? Is it Marty? Marty, Marty says, takes yeah, it from right, her, yeah, yeah. and then goes, "Is like, is that is the bad luck gone because it wasn't Jen that handed it to him?" Mm-hmm. I know I, I didn't really have much to say on the the, the race build up, but the other thing, and I don't know if this is one of your observations, Andy, was obviously Kanicki gets kind of knocked out. His decision to let Danny race for him was like it's almost like it was calculated. Do you want me to race for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, he's, in he's in there quick. He's in there the quick. Offer. He's like, oh, yeah. there's an opportunity here. Yeah. You know. I actually think it's quite touching. His, um, what's his name? Slip of mind. Jeff Conway. Mm. His acting there, I think, is pretty good. I know he's like prone and sort of semi unconscious, mm. but I think he looks quite, you know, for the first time, he doesn't look like a, uh, like a, facade of a person yeah i mean it goes back mm. to the scene um he's, before when the the car's prepped and they have that chat about you know being a second be, being mm. a second and stuff like that and then they hug and when they hug they immediately like slick mm. their hair but mm. it's obviously saying you know i want you to be my set but 
I can't, hadn't really noticed. But when I watched it last night, like, Danny wasted no chance. Go, do you want me to drive him? Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be better than Kaniki, right? That's what I'm going to well, yeah. say. And it probably wouldn't be so good for the film that the main protagonist didn't drive in the, the race car. The audio, you know, when um, Creative Face is kind of sledging, saying we're racing for pinks, um, the audio is really weird on his voice. It's like he's been overdubbed with someone. I'm sure that's not the case, but he sounds louder than he should so, do. Sounding stupid here, he says we're racing for pink, pink lips ownership papers. Pink slips. Pink slips. Pink slips. I think yes. I said lips. I was like, no, that makes no sense. Pink slips does make sense. <laughs> Pink lips. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh, that's good. I love that. I love the idea that all your life, all your life, bad. All your life, Griff, you thought it was pink. <laughs> I've always thought, who are the pink lips? Ooh. Oh, that's good. I gotta watch that again now and just think lips. <laughs> so then, um, from the build-up, we then get. The race. No, I don't have much to say about the race, but one thing I am going to say is, well, actually two things. Firstly, why are they going so slow? Because those cars weren't very good. No, I don't think they're that bad, though. Mm-hmm. And secondly, Crater Face, terrible driver. Yeah? Terrible. Well, his, his turn at the second bridge is Oh, awful. yeah, yeah, he goes all he over the He loses place, the race yeah, yeah. on that moment, and then he misjudges it when they go up the hill, and obviously there's a, you know, there's a bridge that's going mm-hmm. underneath, which means there's only one lane for one person, and he loses, he's an idiot. Like, and he loses control when he goes through the puddle. He's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's not the puddle; it's the river, actually. But um, I've, yeah. I've got one thing, to, really, just one kind of observation on the race that I picked up on. Those um, Queen Boudicca Bodicea spikes, would they wouldn't work like that. They would just rip the wheel off. They would not cut the car. <laughs> I don't know. It appears to be made of tin foil. So maybe but no, it would. But he, he, <laughs> and, and cling film. As soon yeah. as he tried to get that into the car, <laughs> that. that it would have just ripped the spike off. There's no way okay. they would have done. Well, it does. The I second, mean, I mean, the second spike it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have made for such a good scene and and trying to damage the car. But it's just like that. That wouldn't work. And you know, he's such a bad villain. He's like laughing <laughs> whilst he's doing it. It's the worst. I just wanted to mention. So it's after the race when Sandy's on the the bank of the river, and she she realizes that she can change. She can try to be. A different version of herself, right? And that's that's the catalyst to her changing her outfit and, and her look and stuff. To me, ironically, that is when Sandy is looking her absolute peak. She looks Olivia Newton John in that scene when she's on the bank sitting with her dress and the nice shoes and her hair's all done nicely. She looks just stunning. And it's probably got something to do with the lighting and the venue and the fact that they're using a long lens because it's it's sort of from a distance almost. She just looks... I can see why your epic. dad was a fan, Andy. My dad was a fan. Okay, so we're done with the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to skip forward all the way to the carnival at the end. I think just before we get there, and it's kind of something I put in late, really, so I apologise. I think it's when um, the principal's doing the announcement Mm-hmm. And saying, you know, you can't to be doing this, that, and the other. Farewell announcement. And, right. and it gets to the end. You see that um, Judy, Sonny, and Putsy, they live for the T Birds, and they're like, this it, they, they've almost got like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now what? Now school's finished, what are we going to do? And they just look like crestfallen. They're starting to look a little bit crestfallen. Is it ironically their best acting? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Right, I'm now moving to the carnival. Yeah. 
it appears to be so it's i'm assuming it's at the school yes mm -hmm. and there's a shot of the students coming out of the school going down some sort of staircase onto the fields i think where that's the i think that's the stand for the it, football field well it doesn't look anything like the stand where summer nights is sung and yeah. the school looks completely different from the school <laughs> <laughs> of summer nights it's made out of brick whereas in summer nights it's like white stone this is true so something happened <laughs> it's not in the same location anyway that's all mm. i'm sure you know this isn't the sort of podcast for this we don't do a lot of in-depth research for this podcast but i'm sure <laughs> there are as frankie there are me. resources out there that um that will go into detail about whether it was the same location or not. I'm, yeah, but anyway, that this is not that place. <laughs> okay. Right. So in the carnival, um, things happen, but most importantly, we get "You're the One That I Want." My favourite part of this song, apart from the fact that I think Olivia Newton-John nails it, um, there's a couple of odd pronunciations or, or soundings of words by John Travolta as yes. well. But we see. The aforementioned green polo shirt man. There's a bit around there on the Shake Shack. Yes. You know, and quite doing a good job of dancing whilst being moved left and right. And there's three guys on the, on the yeah. left. Mm -hmm. And green polo shirt man is one of them. And they are really trying hard to be part of this song. The scene just before the Shake Shack, when they're on the um, the multi-platform thing where they're going up and down, they're going side to side, mm -hmm. um, there's three guys yeah, there's peering the through yeah, the yeah, grates. Yeah, yeah, and you can see them, yeah. Quite creepy. And yeah. I, I'm guessing that's um, Green Shirt three. Man. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was really it for me. Green Polo Shirt Man. What a guy. That's more or less all I had to say for the next scene as well, is just that green green shirt guy with his duck walk and his charlie chaplin or just uh, it's not charlie chaplin is it? it's um groucho marx he does like the cigar yes, tap does. thing um yeah. he just makes himself the most visible person in that whole routine why is it I'm, I, my eyes just com constantly just go to him i yeah. don't know what it is i tried to in fact if you, i purposely watched it again to watch other people uh None of them just don't have that enticement mm -hmm. that green polo shirt guy has. I've done a little bit of research whilst you've been uh, talking. In fact, the final scene where the carnival took place was a different school from where. Told you, didn't we? See, so you do come to this podcast. Apologies, listeners, for um, doing some research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, this is not the sort of information you're usually used to getting. <laughs> anyway, that film... Um, that film, that scene ends, and we head off into... Actually, towards the end, we do get the rather ridiculous scene uh, where the car flies off with John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, in the flying car. Is it the same car we see in Grease Lightning? Yes. Is it that one? It's that one. Can I say I think this is the worst ending since Back to the Future 3? Uh, yes, you can say that. Because it's the worst. Why? So... This is what I wanted to comment on. There is a theory about mm. this. Okay. Is it yours or did you read it? Let's be clear. I've not read it. Clearly, I've done no research. Come on, apart come from on. Tonight. Hit us with so, the theory. I'm um, ready. If you go back to Summer Nights, there is a line in the song, he saved my life, I nearly drowned. The theory is Sandy actually drowned and the entirety of Greece 
<laughs> is a dream of hers, and the car is her trip to heaven. Oh, that's a search. So, so honestly, <laughs> it's the same theory for Top Gun Maverick because they say that about Top Gun Maverick that Maverick actually dies in the high speed crash, and the rest of Top Gun Maverick is like a like a pre death sort of fever dream type thing. It's hogwash. I'm just saying. I do not approve. But but, but <laughs> the fact that that's a bit of a wild thing, I am in total agreement. The film's good, apart from Danny Zuko's face in the paddling pool. Why do you need to do that? Why does the car need to take off and they just drive off? I can only assume, and again, I'm giving it a pass because I haven't seen it. Maybe this happens in the musical. Oh, well, a flying car in a musical. Well, no, but, you know. In the in the 70s. <laughs> We've never seen that. Have I mean, we? well, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was a bit of a breakthrough in the 2000s when they got the car flying. I can't see them oh, doing come it. come on. It just needs to be like, kind of... They just need to suggest it's happening in the, on stage, don't they? That's all they need to do. And they might have just thought, oh, you know what, we've got the technology to make this look slightly cool. They were wrong because it looks stupid. But maybe they thought they could. Oh. And with that, we're out. We're done with this. We'll take a break and we'll be back for the categories in a sec. Let's move on to the categories, starting with the quick hits, which will be extremely quick because there were no use of binoculars. There were no backhanded spit wipes. I thought we were shooing with Kanicki. I did think so too. There were several times I'm thinking this would be better if you did it. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody died. Nobody talked about dying. Oh, actually, maybe apart from um, Sandy drowning. All along. All along, yeah. yeah. So The fan theory. I think that wins by default. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Andy's hat. Right. Okay. So the the easy answer here here is uh, Coach's hat, right? Yeah. The it's, red yeah, R. Yeah, the, yeah, it's yeah. a good it's a good hat. But no, no. I wanted something better. So this is a pretty deep cut, right? There is some guy in the background. He's not part of the swing. I'm going to keep using that. It probably mm-hmm. means something really rude. Hmm. Uh, he's not part of the swing, so he's not part of the, like, the dance troupe. He's, I think he's just getting off or getting on a ride just as he starts singing um, We Go Together. And he's wearing an old-time doughboy sailor's hat. Okay. That is that a deep cut. That's a deep cut. I'm, I'm okay. slightly disappointed you didn't choose the hat on top of the um, stupid. papier-mâché yeah. giant Rydell. Yeah. Well, I did also think you might mention the hair, the silver sparkly hair roller curler things that the, the women are wearing for teen, um, beauty school dropout. I don't think there's a hat, though. No, but it's... Yeah. Head piece. Head piece. There Is there an honorary mention to Danny Zuko's... I know you've said it before, but his hat wearing in yeah. the baseball scene. I mean, that's yeah. got to have an honourable mention in the hat section. Yeah, good point. Anyway, Doughboy hat, hat wins. Excellent. All right, let's visit Audio Corner. So one of my nominations is it's in Born to Hand Jive um, and it's just before they kind of... um, It's the drum break, basically. Yeah. Mm. Love that bit. It's so good. It's so good. Drum breaks always, always are good. Yeah. So 
try very hard. It's very it's difficult with this because the music is such an important part of this film, obviously, mm-hmm. to not just pick music. So I'm going to mention a couple of things that aren't music and then I'm going to ignore them and pick music. Mm-hmm. So it kind of annoys me to the point where I insert it when I'm hearing the song is the boing of Kanicki's comb on Sunny at the end of Summer Nights after he, <laughs> yes. he says, can she get me a friend? Yeah. And he goes, doink, doink. doink. <laughs> Mentally insert that every time I hear that song. So I mentioned it, but I hate it. I've mentioned already, I've mentioned uh, Danny's fake laugh. Yeah. And the Frost Palace. Um, don't make me laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'm going to mention that again. And my winner is the reprise of um, Sandra D. Mm-hmm. We hear it uh, in Thunder Road. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it in your Doesn't She Look Amazing bit. Mm. Um, she's all kind of thoughtful and, I don't know, melancholy, I suppose. Yeah. And then we get that kind of nice little piano Mm-hmm. chord that comes in oh it's so good look at me there has to be something more than what they see wholesome and pure oh so scared and unsure of all It's so good. Um, anyway, it's that. So the kind of reprise of Look at Me, I'm Sandra Deeb. Yeah. So I'm going to jump out of Audio Corner just to go back to that scene again because mm-hmm. I forgot to mention earlier. Another great thing about it is like, you're, you're right, she's really pensive, really mm-hmm. thoughtful. And then when she makes the decision to, this must be something I can do about this, she's so happy. It's like mm-hmm. the happiest we've seen her. She's like, yeah, I I'm, I'm, can do something about this. But she's so controlled, isn't she? She yeah. just says, look, Frenchie, can I go back to your place? I know how to be happy. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so, Audio Corner, I mean, I think I'm with you on the, the... It's so hard not to pick something musical. Like, the songs are all so good. So, I am I think just the opening song, Grease, is just... It's brilliant. I'm, but I'm going to go slightly off-piste with a couple of other things. First of all, um, Hound Dog sounds so good when they do mm. it at the dance-off. Mm. Like, it's obviously, you know, it's there just to facilitate the dancing. But... Johnny Casino and the Gamblers do a really good job with Hound Dog, so I'm, that's yeah. in there as well. But I'm going to give it to Vince Fontaine's, like, patter, his banter. You know, he's like, like, put your mittens around your kittens and all that kind of stuff, all of his rhyming and his... Um, he's just so good at that. A few gals and guys, a few words to the wise. You gyms and sales are my best pals. And to look your best for the big contest, just be yourselves and have a ball. That's what it's all about, after all. So forget about the camera and think about the beat. We'll give the folks at home a real big treat. Don't worry about where the camera is. Just keep on dancing. That's your biz. Hey, and if I tap your shoulder, move to the side. Let the others finish the ride. Yeah, He does it right at the start, doesn't he? He's yeah. the first voice we hear in the theme tune. He's kind of introducing the song. Yeah, Vince Fontaine. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's who I'm going to give it to. And Griff, you're giving it to the drum, beat and drum break in... Um... Born to hand drive. Yeah, born to hand drive. Yeah, cool. Um, best looking scene. Andy. We've mentioned it. I've mentioned it just now. You've mentioned it before many times. I'm going to mention it again. Sandy sat on her own, Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. It's it's an easy win for me. You know me. I'm Mr. Wide Shot. Um, the, the, oh man, the shot is so good. It's so well composed. She's, you know, 
top right third of the the frame and then we see thunder road in front as you say the mm-hmm. light is kind of warm um it's it is a lot of melancholy tone to it uh, she looks fantastic mm-hmm. she looks fantastic in that scene you know even like things like having her shoes off she's looked like vulnerable and and melancholy mm-hmm. and um conflicted um all of which somehow come across in that just that that one shot for me it's brilliant i'll have it on my wall if i could probably can we can sort that out for you okay yeah put it on my christmas list <laughs> griff mine's not a cop out but i found i found unlike a lot of films i love the film but i kind of struggle to think that's a really great shot that's a really great scene but mine's a bit um taking a bit of a liberty but Kind of my best looking in my face is, is anything with Johnny Casino and the Gamblers, just because of the way they are. Like one of them when he's like sat on his shoulder singing and yeah. and just like that, they're just like, what are they doing? Just every they just makes me smile. Just they must have had such a brilliant time making a lot of this film, but that especially that scene, especially yeah. so that's great. So I got a, I got a couple of nominations. I I'm going to nominate the Sandy at Thunder Row, but for me, it's the it's the the zoomed in shot with the long lens where she's kind of filling the frame rather than the wide shot that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening scenes on the beach, they mm-hmm. look great. There is a shot towards the end of Summer Nights where Danny is on the top of the bleachers and he is on the right-hand side of the frame, but he's looking left. Yep. And it's a profile shot of him, but it's kind of like half, half, body, half body height. And the school is in the background. The flag is on the the left third, and it's just really great composition. It just looks awesome, and you know he's got quite a good profile, especially with his hair and the jacket, mm-hmm. and he just looks really cool. But I'm going to give it to another shot of Danny. It's when he's singing at the drive-in, and he stands in front of the, <laughs> the screen, the screen, and the so it's all that kind of bluey, purpley mist in the air, probably smoke, obviously. Um, with the the cinema lights or the, the actual projection going through them, and he is silhouetted against that that projection light. Projection light is so good. So that's my winner. Good job. Okay, I've got high hopes for this. The Monsieur Mendel Award for the our favorite incidental character. Griff, I'm going to start with you. So I have kind of two, and I think they they would class as incidental. Well, maybe three actually. There's Eugene. Yep. There is uh, Vince Fontaine. Yep. And there is, uh, as we've now called him, Green Polo Shirt Guy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he is an incidental character and he's there for like one, three, no, it's it's Vince Fontaine. (laughs) He's got a small part, but he makes a massive impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So for me, it's it's Vince. Yeah. I'm not sure I can pick anyone else other than Vince, to be honest. The other one I had down was Patty Simcox. <laughs> Patty, yeah, no, I, I, I like Patty Simcox yeah. a lot. I feel sorry for her. She's, she's very so enthusiastic. Hard. Yeah, she's trying so hard to be liked. Actually, did kind of fade out of the film a little bit. You know, she was there. Yeah, it's, it's quite central. Summer night, she mm-hmm. was there. You know, she, there was a big thing. Actually, when um, Rizzo singing, there's worth thing. It says Patty Simcox for Carnival Queen, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. you don't see much of her after the dance. No. Maybe that. Maybe that just. The uh, maybe she didn't make Carnival Queen. Yeah. Poor, poor girl. Anyway, so I I don't think I can pick anyone other than Vince Fontaine. I feel like that's cheating a little bit, but he's like a beacon of brilliance. But he, to, he's so good, and he is incidental. Oh yeah, he he didn't need to be that good. No, 
no, actually he didn't. He could have just been... Um, yeah, the other person I wanted to say, it, no, they're not really incidental, but I think they're brilliant, is uh, Coach Calhoun. I love Coach. Yeah. I so I've Coach got... Coach Calhoun. Yeah. A Sid Caesar, he was quite... Yeah, um, yeah. Sid Caesar's a big deal. Yeah. A big deal. Big deal. Yeah. So I've got two names written down. I've got Coach Calhoun and Vince Fontaine. My favourite part that coach plays is when they're um, going through the rules. We mentioned it earlier, going through yeah. the rules of the uh, the but, dance. And he says, let's keep it clean. Keep it clean, kids. And then it's like he says it again, but he really means it. He's like, no, come on, let's keep it clean. It's brilliant acting. Yeah. He's, he's excellent. Well, yeah, Sid Caesar. He's the guy. But I mean, I go back to it because I said it earlier, but the, the one about ringing the victory bell that we always wanted to is just mm-hmm. um, epic. And then... When he's teaching Danny the sports was is just great. So yeah, I love Coach Calhoun, but I, it's got to be Vince Fontaine. For, yeah. Bang for your buck. He, there's no one even comes close. I almost feel like we need to rename the category. I'm not suggesting we do, but yeah. he's so brilliantly yeah. incidental. Yeah. Maybe he's not quite incidental enough. It's 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 not my podcast, but I think you can't go wrong with the. Uh... Vince Fontaine Award for the... The Vince Fontaine Award sounds really cool as well. It sounds cool. I'd rather well. win that. Anyway, that's for... Um, yeah, that's for the... Admin to mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you now, it's not changing. Okay. Mm. Sorry, Vince. Because you, you've got to think back, Andy. Think back to Casino Royale. Oh, no. Uh, it was, like, it was even more obvious who was a, we all, our yeah, favourite I mean, incidental was, character. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to best location. As always, there's quite often a bit of an overlap with best looking scene and best location, but I think I think there's enough difference that we can keep keep separating them. So, what do you got, Anne? Um, I'm going to mention Thunder Road because it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks good in everything they every time they every time we see it, it looks fantastic. But actually, I'm going to pick Frosty Palace. I love Frosty Palace. Mm-hmm. I want to be in Frosty Palace. Yeah. We didn't really have a a culture. Oh, cl- clearly, we weren't born in the the fifties, um, but even so, we never had a a culture of malt shops here in the UK. Uh, they just look like great fun, mm-hmm. and they look like they're having a blast. No one's got a mobile phone. They're all talking to each other or trying to avoid each other, and it looks like fun. There's a jukebox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I pine for malt shops. Yeah, and specifically. Frosty Palace. Well, I'm I'm exactly the same. I've got the same things written down. Thunder Road, and which we've already talked about, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, the Frosty Palace. Sorry, Frosty Palace. <laughs> See, um, yeah, it's. You said it. It would you would want to be there. Like mm-hmm. I would like to go there, and buy a milkshake yeah. and just hang out. And like you yeah. said, the in the UK we never really had that mm-hmm. culture of of that. Um, no, for worse, I would say. Agreed. I would say when you when you when I watched it when I was younger, you wanted to you wanted to go to a frosty palace. Mm. Is this now where I can drop my completely pointless frosty palace? Um, a little nugget in. That's for I you don't to know. decide. You're asking us a question. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Why so, not? No, no, it's not. Who's the, the, the obviously the waitress in Frosty Palace was? Um, <sighs> I, I knew the answer should have been no. John Travolta's sister. What? Wait, 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 what? The waitress in Frosty Palace, I think it's Val, isn't it? The one that is like cleaning up when when Frenchie is doing beauty school dropout. No, that's that's um not her. Okay. She's the owner. It's okay. one of the waitresses when we see her actually when they're watching the dance off on TV. 
Okay. Yeah, she's um, one of the waitresses is John Travolta's sister. Huh. Okay, cool. There's a reason Griff's not on the podcast more. He's blowing my clothes. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I've got, right? I've got no, the Lizzie no. Newton-John one I'm saving till the end. Okay, no, no. well, right, good. It's, it, don't get excited, listeners, because it's not. So, Specifically, don't get excited about the closing credits, because you just heard it. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a best location? Uh, it's the same, it's Frosty, Frosty Palace. Palace. Okay, yeah, good. So actually, we could potentially rename the, the best location to the Frosty Palace Awards. Doesn't have the same probably, ring as the we probably won't, Fontaine. Shut up about Vince Fontaine. What souvenir would you take from this film? I really struggled with this. I'm waiting. I'm basically, really, I'm really I'm struggling. Basically, with this. waiting for Andy to say his, and then mm. I'm going to say, "Oh yeah, that's a good one." I'm going to do. I'm, I'm kind of really struggling because there's obvious choices like a T-bird jacket or mm-hmm. a pink lady's jacket, but Andy's got one. Yeah, I know yeah. he does. No, you're right. Paddling pool from Frenchie's I've house. I've got. I've got three. Wow! Come on then, hit us. I'm not sure which one. Actually, I am sure which one I'm going to pick. Firstly, um, at sleepover, we see there's a good. Honest to goodness, ride out high pen on the wall, and I flipping oh. love it. It's really yes. good. Okay, good. I would have that. It's not my pick. The other thing, also at Frenchie's house, when we during hopelessly devoted to you, um, as Olivia Newton-John is meandering through the garden, it's very clear that for, for whatever reason, Frenchie's parents have decided it's a good idea to have fake flamingos in the garden. I saw the flamingo. I would yep. pick a flake, a flake flamingo. <laughs> Also a fake flamingo, but I'm not going to. And this item, we see it when Rizzo is singing um, There Are Worse Things I Can Do. Mm-hmm. She is holding a bunch of books. And on the outside is a brown notebook with Ride Out High on the cover. And that's mine. Okay. That's a good one. I mean, that is a, that is deep. Mm-hmm. That's a deep cut. You've, yeah. you've outdone yourself on that one. That was very good. So I'm, I was caught between two. Either the water pistol, mm-hmm. which... Uh, or the xylophone from the um, <laughs> <laughs> the four note xylophone. Uh, That's so good, actually. I'm really not sure. I I think the water pistol is just too generic. And you if can, we, you can buy them for like seven yeah. pence, can't you? If we're imagining our basic, what is essentially our memorabilia room in our in our pretend houses, I think having the the head head teachers, the principal xylophone. In there would be great, and you, you could. You, you should could do use it, it. Yeah. every time you answer the phone. Yeah. Don't say anything. Do yeah. that first. Yeah. So I'm going to go for the xylophone. Excellent, Griff. <laughs> Which one of the ones that we have said so are you going to go there's, for? There's, a, there's, a, there's three things. I don't think there's anything you've gone for actually. Okay. Um, on, one of them's kind of. I don't know why. I always quite like Danny's um, ride out high like sweater he wears at the end with a big R on it. The, yeah, the letter. The letter. Yeah. Um, there's there's Kaniki's lighter. Yeah, oh, well, you, it would have to be like properly working version of. Yeah, but like. then you think it, it, it would be a lighter sat on a shelf. You're never going to use it. But I think there's. Well, one you'd thing. fiddle with it. You'd fiddle with lighters, right? And then you'd burn your eyebrows off. Yeah. and then you'd regret it. <laughs> I think just... there's, there's one thing though, and, and you you mentioned it a few times. Mm. It's the victory bell. Oh, Good it's on. never been Good rung. On. It goes in the garden. Never been rung. Don't ever ring it. You and you just never, never ring, ring it. it. Yeah, but it just sits there. And it's some the victory bell. Some blighter would come in and ring it, and they'd, I'd kick him out. Yes, in. that blighter would be my five-year-old son. Don't touch that, and he'd immediately ring it. You have to put it high so he can't reach it. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. I like I'll say that. It's a good group. one. The, it's good. Yep. Excellent. All right, let's move on to the call me Bronco coolest look. I've got Crater Faces pre-race outfit, but I only wanted to mention that to mock him once more. Oh, the, the gloves in the... Yeah, yeah. He kind of wears it the entire time, but we see the full impact of it when he stood up. Um, I've mentioned 
Danny's basketball outfit, or rather his wearing of. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. So I won't. Not sure off. it falls into coolest look, though, does it? No. No. Okay. Good. Um, I mean, you've got to mention Sandy's skin tight number at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's incredible, right? But it's a bit obvious, so I'm yeah. not going to pick that. I've mentioned um, Sandy on on the road on the ground at Thunder Road so many times. So yes, I'm not going to mention that again. Although I just did, you just by did. pointing yep. out that Fabulous. I wasn't going to mention it again. But I am going to mention um, Marty's outfit at the school fair. She's wearing. I must. It's funny because uh, the, 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 the carnival. You mean the yellow yeah, top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yellow top, yeah. white capri pants. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. a good look. But I rest on Danny's dance off suit. So oh, the pink, the, the pink. black and pink. So just going back to, yeah. And I know we're talking about the coolest look, but throughout the film, like Rizzo's always like dressed quite. Rizzo, I would say, well, not Rizzo, but you know she's dressed, you know, well. And so like, her outfit at the carnival is actually quite terrible. I don't know if I the, paid attention. She's got to. A, she's got like a red shirt on with Riz oh, and yeah, these yeah, really, yeah, no, really terrible. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Short Agreed. shorts on, and it's like it. No, it's bad. Didn't match a lot of her looks in the film. I know it's not a cool look, but it, as you mentioned, the carnival and Marty's fine mm-hmm. yellow top and fine. white capri pants. She looks she looks real good in that. Um, so I'm picking... I'm not picking that because I'm picking Danny's dance-off outfit. So it's black suit, pink... Yeah. Uh, pink white shirt. college shirt. Yeah, he looks yeah. cool in that. So there we go. So I'm not going to look to get this award renamed because obviously he has a name now. Mm-hmm. It's Vince Fontaine. He just looks sharp in his suit. He just looks sharp. He looks cool. Like his um I could have Vince Fontaine and Mike. That would have been oh, a good that is a good, that is a good souvenir. Honestly, we've we've all done this wrong, let's start again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, for it's... me it's Vince's simple one, it was Vince. Yeah. As long microphones go, it's second only to Terry Wogan's blankety blank right. microphone, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think the reason I chose Vince and I was sort of struggling for the coolest look is a lot of the looks are the same. You know, the T-Burst basically looks like they're wearing a white yeah. T-shirt and a leather jacket. Mm. Um, and Hold that hold that thought, but yeah. It, it's kind of, they're all sort of similar-ish looks. And they're just like, Finch, you know, you're looking sharp in your suit. And it, it's obviously very um, easy fitting because you can cartwheel in it and front flip in it. So, yeah, Stretchy. I'm going for Vince. So I would like to uh, mention Coach Callahan's tie the dance-off mm-hmm. it's big and red mm-hmm. and white and it doesn't match the rest of his outfit no. but you know it's red and white so it's Rydell colours so it's all he cares about so, yeah right? exactly yeah. Yeah. except winning <laughs> I will also as we have done multiple times mention um, Sandy's outfit but not the one at the carnival the one at Thunder Road mm-hmm. but I'm going to go for Kanicki sort of in general his T-Bird's jacket is oh, the best of the yes, T-Bird's jacket. It's brown yeah. leather. It's like Murdoch from the A-Team brown mm-hmm. leather kind of yeah. look. And specifically, his look for Summer Nights, he is wearing a really nice coloured light blue T-shirt yep. underneath. And there's one moment where they're dancing on the bleachers and he like throws his jacket off his shoulders. And so it's the really vibrant blue of his mm-hmm. shirt coupled with the... The nice dark brown of his jacket, and it just goes really well together. So, Kanicki's my winner for the um, the Call Me Bronco Call This Look, Good. which leaves us only with closing credit. Well, it would if it hadn't been spoiled already. <laughs> the fine. needless drop of a senseless fact halfway through a unrelated category. Um, yes, as has been mentioned, um, 
there is a cast member simply billed as waitress. Uh, and that is Ellen Travolta, uh, who is John Travolta's sister. She did. She was actually in Joni Loves Chachi and Charles in Charge for quite a long time as well. So okay. she was quite a storied actor, but um, she didn't really do any movie stuff. Apparently she just turned out to watch John on the set and he kind of Got her asked a, a favour. Does she have a line? No, she doesn't say anything. She's, well, I don't know, actually. I don't think she says anything. Like I say, I think the only scene she's in is when they're crowded around the TV. So she might have a line. Oh, look, there's blah, blah, blah. But yeah. we don't really see you speaking. Um, yeah, so that was it. I was going to surprise you all with a fantastic fact, but um, <laughs> I haven't. And for that, I do apologise. It's a good one, though. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, Griff. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy. As always. And thanks from me. Next time, we will be doing Rear Window. And I think we're going to have Chris back on the pod uh, so um, maybe give it a watch if you want to follow along, but don't forget the small stuff. <laughs>